Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Now, Kevin, I'm pretty certain it's Gary. We we need to ask her about Gary. Oh, on the canine front? I, I think it was Gary. I hope Gary's still around. Not significant other, but but the Kristen's dog, I believe, Correct. is Gary. Correct, yeah. On top of the draft coverage, that was outstanding. I did think Gary was barking in the background <laughs> last year. Kristen Peak, are we totally off base on that, or do you have a dog named Gary? I do indeed have a dog named Gary. Um, he's actually quite infamous in the NBA scout executive circle. There, every time I see an NBA scout on the road, it's, oh, how, how's it going? Did you get in okay? Where were you? Uh, how's Gary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want to talk, you know, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. We were talking about Gary. That's right. Gary's cool. What kind of dog is Gary? He's a Cavapoo, so half Cavalier, King Charles Spaniel, half Poodle. Yeah. He's like wow. sitting, looking out the window, trying to find birds right now. So, Gary's got the life, yeah. right? Gary's got I the know, life. I know. Hell of a way to start a Wednesday hey, morning. Kristen, I want to begin with this, and thank you for your time, by the way. Kristen Peak of Yahoo Sports joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline to talk NBA draft. The Indiana Pacers, we know, you know, they're going to be in the lottery to try to get themselves into the top four. Realistically, in this year's draft, to get a transcendent franchise level player a team needs to be picking within how many of the top pick transcending franchise player i would say two yeah <laughs> i mean i know um and, and when people are i know i know i made the case for brandon miller at number two but that was more of a fit for a team that's looking for more length and shooting other than um, playmaking and uh speed in terms of what scoot henderson brings well i feel like Brandon Miller actually is designed more for what in, – in other words, I don't think Brandon Miller – I think it's very clear that Webb and Miyama and, and you tell me if, you're, if I'm wrong on this, and Scoot Henderson are your top two, unless Indiana, for example, sneaks into two because I could see them taking Brandon Miller because they desperately need wing length more than they need dynamic guard play. Exactly. I mean, Indiana is a team that would take a look at Brandon Miller. I also think Houston – with Jalen Green and also uh, Kevin Porter Jr. there already kind of locked in at the guard position would take a look at Brandon Miller, um, possibly even Detroit, even though I think you could move Cade to the two and just kind of go back and forth between Jaden Ivey and Scoot Henderson, even though they're very similar players, they also might take a look at Brandon Miller. So uh, yeah, I, Two is where it gets interesting, and this draft lottery, I cannot wait for it on May 16th in the in the sense where there's going to be one team that is elated and knowing that this could possibly change their entire franchise and the future of what direction they're going, and then you're going to have two or three other teams that are just like, okay, now what? That, that was a good run. Now what do we do? And then also at 10, seeing if Dallas and what they did the last two weeks of the season – if that pays off and they keep their pick inside the top 10 or if they fall to 11 and the Knicks get the pick. So I I cannot wait for this draft lottery night here in, in less than a month now. Yes, yeah, seventh. That's where the Pacers are in the lottery standings. 
Again, the mother of Gary, NBA Draft Insight, Kristen <laughs> Peake, joining us here on the Payless Sickers Hotline. Kristen, as I look at the Pacers, obviously they could go one, two, three, four, um, more likely, kind of seven, eight, nine, somewhere in, in that range. When you're talking that range, in my opinion, considering how poor this team was on the defensive end of the floor this year, that should be a bit of the focus, kind of in that wing four, you know, sort of position as well. If you're talking about defensive-minded guys, could you give us a few names to watch that could be in that area? Yep. Yeah, there's two players. One, which is kind of sneaking up further, further, the more, the closer we get to the draft. I'll start with one who's kind of been consistently in that range. And I just saw him in Houston uh, for the final four. I saw him work out. Uh, Jairus Walker, uh, the Houston forward who, you know, when you're talking about defensive versatility, he has it. And he's someone who already has an NBA-ready body at 6'8", 240 pounds, um, did not look like a freshman this year in the way that he was banging down low. And his footwork is so good off the block. He doesn't necessarily have that game extended past the three-point line yet, but he's a good enough spot-up shooter where I think that's something that he could develop to. But when we're talking defensive versatility, I mean, he can slide with the guard off the switch. He obviously has the size to bang down low with some of the bigger players. So I think that's one player that the Pacers will probably try to target. And then another player that a lot of teams are really high on is Taylor Hendricks from UCS, Central Florida, who kind of came out of nowhere this season. Um, you know, 6'9", 210. When we look at that 3 and D position and that positionless basketball that Scotty Barnes has started to, you know, kind of create in terms of with size, they're kind of the similar size, but – with Taylor, I mean, he is so good defensively, and he can shoot it a little bit better as well. So that's another team, or that's another player that a lot of teams are looking at and, and starting to hone in on further up the lottery. So at six, seven, eight, those two players are are two players that I think that the Pacers will probably try to target. Okay, three players of local interest from a collegiate standpoint, Kristen Peake, that I want to ask you about. We will begin with the one that probably hears his name first. And that's Jalen Hood Shafino out of Indiana. Yep. Probably what, mid teens? Is that safe to say? Yeah. I mean, he finished the season strong. You know, he was dealing with a lower back injury, just that was kind of like pestering him a little bit in the beginning of the season. So it took him a little bit to kind of get into the chemistry with the rest of the guards. But, you know, the one two uh, uh, guard forward playmaking that he had with Trace Jackson Davis to close out the season really gave NBA teams a good indication of what he can be as that lead ball handler and the way he reads the pick and roll, because that's all the game is, you know, the NBA level, a lot of it with the spacing and and the reads off that offense. So, and he can make three point jump shots. And I saw him at the Chris Paul camp last summer and he was locking down Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Chris Paul was like, man, he's tough. He's going to be tough in the league. So when we're looking for that defensive mindset, in the league and someone that can guard consistently the one and the two, Jalen Hitchfino has, and I think that's why he could possibly sneak into the lottery. But, yeah, that team spot is where he's at. Okay, Trace Jackson Davis, probably early second, safe to say? I would say early second. You know, it always goes with fit. I could see a team taking him at that 28, 29, 30 just to add a little more experience. You know, he's a plug-and-play guy, a little bit older um, I, I want to say that his footwork got a lot better from last year to this year. And, you know, we saw him a little bit more consistent down the stretch. Um, but, yeah, he he definitely has – every time he went back, he got better. 
And that's what NBA teams want to see is not any a player plateauing. They always want to see someone getting a little bit better, a little bit better. And that's what Trace did. Can teams see something from a player after the season is over? In other words, Kristen, with Trace Jackson Davis, you know, there was a lot of narrative of he hasn't shown enough that he can play facing the basket or that he can score in the mid-range or on the wing. And Trace Jackson Davis, I think, would contend, well, I didn't have to do that at Indiana, I, right. so that doesn't mean I can't. Can If he does it like just in workouts and camps, is that enough to sell teams, or are they still going to say, look, we, we had to see it in actual game action? No, absolutely. I mean, every year at the NBA Draft Combine, we see one or two players that make themselves millions of dollars. We saw it last year with Jalen Wilson or Jalen Williams, excuse me, who uh, was, Santa, was from Santa Clara, and he played his way into a lottery pick and was very, very effective as a rookie for Oklahoma City Thunder. So those, those games, those scrimmages at uh, the draft combine really do matter, and teams really do take into consideration if there's a player that elevates their game far above everyone else or if they see something. David Roddy from Colorado State was another player, you know, that kind of, played his way into a first-round pick last year, and that was with the Memphis Grizzlies. So there is still time. There, I mean, teams have not made up their decision yet, by far. By far, they're far from it. Again, Kristen Peek with us, Yahoo Sports, rounding out that trio of locals. Um, we'll see if he keeps his name in the draft. Uh, but Zach Eady from Purdue, obviously, Kristen, dominant in college basketball last season. Um, you know, body types like him are super unique. His fit in the NBA will be very fascinating to see uh, whenever that happens. Um, early talks, what have you heard, Zach Eady, potentially at the next level? I mean, it's so it's so interesting with a player like Zach Eady just because his size, like you said, he's so unique. Do I think that there's a place for him? Yes. Do I think it's necessarily on a rotational NBA roster? I don't think right away. I think he's going to have to develop a little bit more of an NBA game and pace and get a little bit more better footwork, especially speed, because they're going to target him defensively, right? And he can't just pack in the lane. I mean, he can, but I think it helps that Luca Garza has found uh, success at the NBA level because everyone was saying, oh, he's not an NBA player. He's not an NBA player. Even Taco Fall, you know, for that, for a couple seasons with Boston, he found a little bit of success. So I do think that there is a place for him. I don't know if he'll get drafted. If he will, it'll be at the second half, back half of the second round. Um, but, yeah, just in terms of what he can bring and his skill set is so unique, I think there is a team that would take a chance. Where are we at on the Brandon Miller off the court front? Like, when you have talked with NBA teams, their level of concern with Brandon Miller off the floor is where? I mean, you have to remember that NBA teams also have teams of lawyers that dove – you know, so much deeper than we have into this case. So they're doing their own due diligence. They're doing their own background and research. Brandon Miller's probably only going to talk to three teams. And look, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those sessions. He's going to have to answer a lot of hard questions, but because he's projected so high, it's not going to have to be five, six, seven teams. His agent and his team is, they're going to be very selective as to after the draft lottery, who he talks to. But he is going to have to sit and answer a lot of questions as to why he was there, why he was mentioned, what was his part, um, how does this affect his character moving forward, um, and everything like that. Because, you know, and then right after that, the, the thing with John Moran, I mean, I think the NBA is really taking 
this sort of thing very seriously, and he is going to have to answer about where he's at right now. I don't know in terms of the trial, like, what he's going to do, if he's going, if the defense team or is going to try to, or sorry, the prosecution is going to try to get him as a witness, or I don't, I don't know any of those details yet, but, you know, the NBA is just doing their due diligence and scouting him, who he is as a player on the court, which he, you know, after the news broke, he had 41 points in the game winner against South Carolina, but also he's going to have to answer for himself of his involvement off the court. Well, I'll tell you what, his, in the latter part of the season, the last month or so, especially the NCAA tournament, Brandon Miller's shooting absolutely went south. I mean, oh, it was tournament, a tournament. He was awful. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was bad in the tournament. The, the, yes. But that doesn't hurt him, though, right? I hate to say that, but, I mean, don't they basically draft? I mean, we have seen the potential, right? And, like, enough body of work was displayed, correct? Absolutely, yes. And and I know NBA, I know NBA fans probably just tuned into the tournament and they're like, this is a top three pick. He went scoreless in the first game and went, I think he shot only like 22% from three the other two games and wasn't really effective or productive offensively. And the thing is, is yes, like they look at the full body of work and also he's only 20 years old. So they're looking at the upside and potential and defensively. I mean, he, there was a game against Auburn late in the season. They were down at home by like 15, 16 points, and it was Brandon Miller's defense that turned it into offense that really turned the game around, and they came back and won the game. So um, teams really look at the complete body of work and not necessarily just what he does on a big stage like the NCAA tournament. Again, it's at Kristen Peak. That's K-R-Y-S-T-E-N-P-E-E-K on Twitter. Yahoo Sports, uh, the combine less than a month away, lottery right around that time, and the draft coming up on June 22nd. Hey, what breed is Gary? Again, I'm going to look this up. <laughs> he's a Cavapoo. C-A-V-A-P-O-O. He's behaved tremendously by all accounts here over the last 10, 15 oh, minutes. I, he's, he's, he's sleeping. I know. he's not, I, I can't remember what time we talked last time, but I knew I was getting on with you guys, so I gave him a treat. He's like, okay. So Gary's a point guard. He's a, he's a little guy, right? He's, he's like 18, 19 pounds. And, hey, listen, his mother just had another litter of puppies. If anybody's interested, hit me up on Twitter because uh, they're super cute. And this. the family from family from Utah, they uh, they will bring you the puppy nationwide. They go all over. Wow. So if you want your own version of Scoot Henderson, that's right, Kristen Peak, <laughs> right now on, on Twitter, correct? Yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Kristen, great stuff. Um, Right now, NFL draft-centric here in this market, but uh, it's another big one for the Pacers. We appreciate the insight you provided with us It would actually be more like John Stockton. It's a point guard out of Utah. This time. Come on. (laughs) Certainly. Certainly on that front. Uh, Kristen, thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.